Death could not hold you down. You are the risen King. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. Seated in majesty. You are the risen King. I wonder how many times we come in to church on Sunday or Wednesday and God is competing for our attention. We bring all the week's work with us. We come in we bring everything with us. You know, we used to could disconnect and go to church. I heard someone say one time, church was the only place they could go to where they could get some peace and rest and away from the telephone. Now we bring it with us. We're always connected. We're connected on social media, connected. Our, our phones are in our pocket. We're, we're always connected. There's, there's no disconnect except with the Lord and we seem to come to the house of the Lord, the place to connect, and we come and we're disconnected from Him because we're connected to the things of the world. I wonder what would happen this morning if we would disconnect from everything that is around us, forget what's going on outside the four walls, forget what we have on the agenda for this afternoon or next week and forget all the weights that we brought with us today and we just come in and we just lift our hands toward heaven and we just say death could not hold you down you are the risen king seated in majesty Come on, would you connect with me to the Lord right now? You are the risen King. I'm going to help you this morning because I want you to understand something. It's much easier to get up here and just open the Scripture and read and preach a simple little message. and We all feel good and we go home. But sometimes we come in the house of the Lord and it's spiritual work. How many of you know what I mean when I say it's spiritual work? We've got to engage. It's, it's, there's trouble to disconnect from all the things in the world. It's costing us to disconnect and to let problems fade and let problems go and come into the presence of the Lord and say, God, you're not going to compete this morning. God doesn't want to compete for your attention today. It would be much easier. The easiest way for us to do this this morning is just to connect to what the Lord's going to do. To connect with Him this morning. I don't care what's happening around me. It doesn't matter what's going on in the afternoon or what ball team's playing. Right now, all that matters is you are the risen King. Oh, yes, He is. Seated in majesty. You are the risen King. Right now, 
all over the building, eyes closed, hands lifted toward heaven. Would you front to back, no distractions in the room right now? Would you just commit this to the Lord? God, you're not going to fight for my attention this morning. I'm not going to put this preacher through the task of trying to preach a message. Wading through the obstacles of my, of my last week. For you to try to speak through and letting there be just a whisper of the voice of God. But today, Lord, I'm intentionally laying everything aside. Come on, let's focus on the Lord this morning, church. Let's lay aside some things. I've come in the house of the Lord today to surrender. I want to surrender to Him. I want to surrender to you, Lord. Come on, would you do that right now? Hands lifted high toward heaven. Would you just say that to the Lord? I surrender all. Come on, lift your voice with me. I surrender all, all to Thee. Have you already surrendered it? If not, come on, turn it over to him now. Lift your hands and say, I surrender all. I'm giving it to you today, God. I surrender every problem, every fear. Every trouble that I've been dealing with, every problem that I've been carrying, the weight and the load that I've been carrying, I surrender it all, all to Thee, my blessed I surrender Oh, come on, sing it like you mean it with me this morning. Oh, I surrender Oh, come on, give it up to him this morning. I surrender I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender, surrender all. Now come on, give the Lord some praise all over the building today. Come on, He doesn't want to compete with anything. He wants your attention today. You have won, you have won the victory. Hallelujah. You have won it all. For me, 
Death could not hold you down. You are the risen King. Seated in majesty. You are the You ever get so caught up in the presence of the Lord that you forget where you are? You've been there? How long has it been since you've been there? Anybody been there? Have you been there with me when you just forgot where you were? You, you didn't, you forgot you were at home or at church or where you were. You just got into the, if you haven't been there, you need that experience. Oh, if you haven't been, it's been a long time for some of us. We need to get back there. We need to get back in the presence of the Lord where it didn't matter who was around us. Didn't matter who was watching, who was listening. All that mattered was that I was in the presence of the Lord. Mm. I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 18 this morning. I don't know what I'm feeling this morning is a little different than maybe what I normally do on Sunday morning, but if that's all right, I'm going to follow what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. First Kings chapter 18, Elijah came unto all the people in verse 21, and he said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him, and if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Verse 22, then Elijah said unto the people, I even I only remain the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. I'm outnumbered here in the middle of all this distraction. That's what he's saying. Kind of what I'm feeling this morning. I'm outnumbered in the middle of all this distractions. He said, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let us choose one bullock for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and I'll lay it on the wood and I'll put no fire under it and call you on the name of your distractions. Anybody with me this morning? And call you on the name of your little G gods, your idols, your distractions. The things that you bring to church with you that are not Jehovah. And I will call on the name. Everybody say Jesus on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire. Been talking a little about that, haven't we? The God that answereth by fire, let him be God. I can tell you that the things that hinder you from getting through into the presence of God are not going to have an answer for you. It's not going to feel the longing that's in your heart. It's not going to meet the need that you have. It's not going to answer. 
And all the people answered and said, it's well. We'll we'll take your challenge. My challenge to you this morning is to choose a God that answers. To choose a God that answers. I surrender all. Come on, join it with me now. I surrender all to Thee. My blessed Savior, I can be seated. The problem was obvious. For 585 years, the nation of Israel had vacillated in its desire for God. They had divided minds. They had divided emotions. You stay right where you are, Dylan. We may sing a little more here in a minute. They had divided thoughts, divided loyalties. The prescription was optional. They would decide today what they were going to do for today. Tomorrow? Well, let's see. Today, yeah, let's I don't know what I feel like today. Today, let's see. Let my focus be on me. Let's focus today on me. Let's focus on how I feel tomorrow. We will give Jehovah God some attention. The next day, I don't know. Let's focus on wealth. It was divided, divided loyalties. Anybody with me this morning? Their thoughts were running to and fro. Can I pause here for a moment to tell you that when you choose to seek after the things of this world, if you ever find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be. It's not going to satisfy. The things of the world, the distractions that we allow in, the things that we allow to prevent us from being in the presence of the Lord in a real personal way. It's all of those things we let pride We let agendas when I was a kid growing up, I remember I would played on a pretty busy street. It was a dead end street, it's a pretty busy street with kids. I knew all the neighbors up and down the street. We rode bicycles together, we played baseball, we played football, basketball. 
always doing something, riding mini bikes and go-karts and don't tell my kids motorcycles. We were forever doing something, riding four-wheelers and never getting in any too much trouble, but we were always busy with something. Somebody would come along and we would we'd be in the middle of doing something and then all of a sudden something more exciting would come along and we would just lay down everything and we would just leave it. We'd take off and we'd be chasing the next fun train that was coming by. We're on the next agenda. Speaking of trains, there was a train track runs about a couple hundred feet behind my dad's house and the house I grew up in. There's a little, they call them a bar ditch. Next to it, we would wade through the old nasty bar ditch, get over on the railroad track, and we would start up and down the railroad track. I don't think it was illegal in that day. Maybe it was. If it was, we were all a bunch of thieves. We would go through, we would pick up big railroad spikes, and we would collect junk iron. We were going to sell it and get rich. We would go through picking it all up, and then next thing you would hear is somebody yell from across the bar ditch, Come play ball! Let's go! Let's go! We would forget all about the old rusty spikes and tie plates and we'd throw them all down and leave them all there. I don't think we ever sold anything, but we did a lot of collecting. We were collecting and talking about our next, next business venture, but we would end up leaving it there and back across the bar ditch and go get a drink in the water hose. And None of you know what I'm talking about. You are all sophisticated people. Run across the street to Buddy's house, and there was the basketball court, and we would start playing later in my backyard, and we would play, or we would play in the lot between the two houses across the street, and we would play football until late evening, and somebody would come by, and, hey, come on, guys, let's ride bikes, and we would forget about the fact that we were all destined to play professional football. And the plans we were making for the colleges we would play for and the professional teams that we were going to just get called up to. And then we would be the next BMX rider that was going to make it to the national championships. We were going to be famous. We were going to be fancy Bike riders doing all sorts of tricks, and we would wreck a few times. We would just jump from one thing to It's kiddish, childish. Anybody with me today? Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish. I think I read somewhere in the scripture that a double-minded man is unstable, unilateral in thought and concept and idea, one goal, one vision, one agenda. That's, that's what the scripture, that's what wisdom teaches. This is what the Bible begins to 
promote and push for. And here we see the prophet of God standing before the people that God called his own and would say to them, How long halt ye between your opinions? Is it God that you really want to serve or is it self that you really want to serve? Is it God that you really want to worship or would you rather really serve yourself? I know this may be a little different for Sunday morning, but I came today to tell you that the Lord does not want to compete with all of the distractions that you allow into your life. He's calling a preacher to a pulpit this morning to declare unto you, forget about all of the distractions. When we come to the house of the Lord, I know we all have things we have to do, agendas we have to do. We have people rehearsing for music, rehearsing to sing. We have ushers on staff and security ready to go. And we have greeters and we have parking lot teams and we have teachers and we have people with all sorts of agendas. But what would really happen if when it came time for worship, That everybody, old or young alike, would all decide there is one thing that is important at this very moment. It's not my agenda and not my thing and not, I'm coming into the house of the Lord and I'm going to worship with everything I have. He's not going to compete with my agenda or compete with my other thoughts or compete with my conversation or compete with the project I'm working on or compete with my garden or compete with my hobby or compete with my, my, my sports team or compete with my things running through my mind. I'm going to get it all out of the way and say I need to serve a God that really has the answer. The prophet of God called them. How long halt ye between two opinions? God wanted them to stop synchronizing their beliefs in Him with the pagan beliefs of other gods. I know that this passage of Scripture seems to be extremes in our mind because who in their right mind would the preacher be preaching to this morning that would ever imagine taking Jehovah God and vacillating their opinion between Jehovah and idols, pagan gods. It seems like an extreme to us today. Who would ever consider doing such a thing? But I believe that the word of the Lord is for the church today. And I believe this story never fits the church any more than what it fits today. How long are you going to halt between 
your world, and God. How long are you going to put the things that are on your agenda above some time to to communicate with God? How long are you going to vacillate between letting your prayer life be hindered by the things that you do every day? It doesn't seem so extreme now when we begin to apply it to where we live today. Come on, Christian Life Church. How long will we halt between two opinions? Do we really want to serve God? Do we really want Him having preeminence in our life? Do we really want God to be our healer? Do we really want God to be our way maker? Do we really want God to make a way in our lives? There's only one God that's going to answer your Money won't answer. Your wealth won't answer. Your education won't answer. Your hobby won't answer. But there is a God that will answer. And His name is Jesus. And He will not bow before any other God. Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. So now on Mount Carmel, Elijah stands and commands holy. Follow God totally. Or follow Baal totally. Stop halting or vacillating between two opinions. This is why that we must be careful how we respond. In the New Testament, I believe I read somewhere where he said, I would that ye were either cold or hot. Because you're jumping back and forth between God and the world. Between seeking heaven and living in hell. He said, How long are you going to halt between such a myriad of opinions? Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Joshua stood before the nation of Israel and he challenged them in Joshua chapter 24. And he said, as... For me and my house, we will. Uh, My mind's already made up. We will serve the Lord. Come on, is it okay for a pastor to stand in a pulpit on a Sunday morning and say God's not going to compete for our attention? I want to see CLC in a church that people come in and say, you know what, I'll unbutton my coat because I know what we do when we get here. The world stays out there. I'm in the house of God. I'm going to worship with everything I have. Pray with everything I have. Reach with everything I have. This is why we have to be careful how we respond in church. Because the message that we're sending to others and the message that we're sending to God may be that we're not real sure where we stand. I struggle 
with individuals who have divided loyalties. That's me personally. Either people really support and are a real true friend and really have their, your back, whether they just say, hey, I got your back. A lot of people talk the talk. I struggle with individuals who have divided loyalties, who say one thing to your face and something else to your back. I struggle with that. It's a personal thing with me. I struggle. I told a friend of mine this week, he contacted me and was speaking, saying some kind niceties about me and about my family. And I said to him, regarding one of my sons, I said, he gets it honest. I said, but he loves strong and he hurts deeply. And he gets it honest. Because when I love, I will fight viciously for the things and for the people that I love. And when I love and get hurt, I hurt deeply. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? I'm talking to you this morning about a God that cares enough about a lost world. That He went to a cross. And... Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for a friend. You can, you're not going to find another example. You're not going to find another individual. You're not going to find another person. I think I'm a pretty loyal friend to my friends, but can I tell you something? My friendship and my loyalty is nothing. It's not a scratch in the bucket to compare. To, to, to compare with the love of God with, the, with what he has done and with the sacrifices that he has made I don't want him to wonder where I stand as for me and my house we're on the Lord's side as for where I'm going to stand I am on the Lord's side I may fail him but I'm on his side I may make a mistake but I'm on the Lord's side it may not all be well with me but I'm on the Lord's side Because I know when my kids were sick and the doctor said, we don't know what to do. It was God that answered our prayer. When I should have lost my mind, it wasn't a friend that picked me up except the friend named Jesus. And nobody that can answer like Jesus. You want to know who's your friend? Jesus is the best friend you'll ever have. You want to know who's in your corner? Jesus is the best friend you can have in your corner. You better choose today who you will serve. I'm so sick of the attitude of the world. I live for God on Sunday. Live in the world on Monday. Live for God when it's convenient. Do what you want to do when nobody's watching. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and Christian Life Church, we will be a holy church, a righteous church, a God-fearing church, a worshiping church. We will serve the Lord you can be seated the apostolic church needs to be baptized with a fresh understanding of the operation of the anointing the anointing doesn't just show up and neither can it be worked up I had somebody come to me a few days ago and said you need to focus more on your prayer life I said, thank you, sir. Where were you every, every week last week? Between 7 and 8 o'clock. 
Oh, well, I'll move along. We have way too much hesitation in church. I'm guilty of it myself. How many times have I said, boy, I tell you something hit me, I felt like making a lap. Somebody said, why didn't you? Hesitation. We have way too many distractions in the church today. We used to fight the battle. We used to put on the screen, ask people when they come in, turn off your cell phones. Now we try to just work with it and say, uh, you know, here's text to give. <laughs> We're distracted. Woo! Glory to God. Who's winning? Woo! Preach it, preacher. Oh, I forgot. I got to do this this next week. Glory. Yes. Who they're standing. Don't know what they're standing about because I've been disconnected all day. And then we come to altar and whoa, let me get up there and lay hands on somebody. Let me tell you about the anointing. The anointing doesn't just come that way. There is a flow. There is a flow in the anointing. There is a flow in the anointing. My family and I are working on this. We want to be better at it. But I want to get in the flow of the anointing. Thank you, Dylan, for working with me a few minutes ago. That was a little example of the flow of the anointing. We were in the flow of what God is wanting to do. It doesn't just happen overnight. You have to step into the flow and say, I'm going to see how this works out. Sometimes you get a little, you, you get a little off balance. i got to get back in the flow. There is a flow to the anointing. You can't hesitate when you're in the flow. You can't have distractions. You young ministers ought to be taking notes right about now. This is probably about the best thing you'll hear me say. You can't have distractions when you're in the flow. That's why people are like, hey, did you see so-and-so in the middle of your message while you were preaching? Absolutely not. You know why? Because I preached to the top of your heads. You know why I don't want to see the negative facial expressions? The shrugged shoulders? I want to look right above the cell phone you're holding in your hand. I try to connect just enough to see Brother Scott nod his head because I know where he sits and I know his nod. I've seen it for years. Rarely do I ever actually look down. I just see the top of that brown head over there nodding. I know Scotty's with me. I hear my wife over here on the left side. Yes, but I dare not look at her. She may say, straighten up your tie. <laughs> but when I get in the flow of the anointing, I don't want anything to distract me. Somebody said, did you hear the baby? No. Didn't pay one bit of attention to it. You know why? Because I refused. I'm in the zone. I'm in the anointing. I'm flowing with what God is wanting to do. You can't just jump in and jump out of it. Jump in and jump out of it. You got to get in the flow and you got to go with it. You want a miracle in your life? Get in the flow of the anointing in your worship. Begin to respond to preaching. That's why sitting in the front sometimes it's better than sitting behind somebody that's distracting you. Get in the flow. Get in what God's wanting to do. I want to be right where it's happening. I want to be connected in to what God's doing. I don't want anything to interfere because when the anointing comes down, I want to be under the spout where the glory is flowing out. 
I grew up in a church where we reverence God and the things of God and the gifts of the Spirit. When the preacher was preaching, there was not too much nonsense. We were laughing and talking about that the other day. Brother Mick was talking about getting called out in church a time or two when he didn't do anything. He said, I was just laughing. They were doing the talking. Brother Price would say, boys, now that's about enough. I might have heard that a time or two. I think he got nice in his older years. There wasn't nonsense going on during preaching. There wasn't running in and out and talking in and out or you'd end up getting a, having a saints meeting called. <laughs> when the church was called to respond, everybody respond. Those who didn't respond was marked as those who were backslidden. Well, you don't like it, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the church I grew up in. When the church was called forward, everybody came forward. If you didn't come forward, that meant you were lukewarm. It was a clear sign. You just testified of your spiritual status. I know people can fake through it. I understand. I'm not here to deny those things. I'm talking about the church I grew up in. Everybody responded. When the Holy Ghost began to move, you didn't run across the church and just stand there looking. Whoa, look at them now. (laughs) You either engaged or you turned around and found yourself a place to pray. Because anybody standing looking was considered a distraction. I'm talking about the flow of the anointing. You want the flow of the anointing? you got to get into the flow of the anointing. Can I go a little further? Somebody else can't really get blessed for you. Well, I don't know about that. I sure got many blessings watching other people get blessed. No, you got, you got your funny bone kicked because you were watching somebody and thought, ha, ha, look at that, that's funny right there. I don't care who you are, that's funny. Look at that, look at that. That isn't the anointing. That isn't the Holy Ghost. Nobody's going to get blessed for you. You got to jump in the flow. You got to get in the flow of what's going on. Somebody else get, I'm going to get blessed for myself. I'm going to get in the flow. Either you're involved or you are distracting. Well, well, well. And when the anointing was moving, you didn't treat your response like a task. (laughs) Come on now. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands five times. One, two, three. I'm not clapping the other two times because I don't like to be told what to do. Don't worry. You shouldn't have clapped the first three. You did it only because you were told. Sometimes doing it because you were told will usher you in if you have the right spirit. You want to know why the preacher says tap your toes, touch three people, turn around, touch your nose? He's trying to get you to engage. Forget about your troubles. Forget about your problems. Listen to the preacher. Start responding. Get used to responding. Because when we get to altar call and we start saying, lift your hand. This morning I told you about eight times. Lift your hand. About half the congregation lift their hand. For 30 seconds, put it back down. Come on, let's lift our hands. About half the congregation lift your hands. The other half is not going to be led anywhere. You've got to, that's the process. I'm trying to help you understand. That's why. Come on, clap. Come on, lift. Come on, lift your voice. Because we're trying to get people to engage into what God is wanting to do. 
Well, I don't feel like the presence of God has anything to do with my actions or my response. You're exactly right. But He'll pass you right by and He'll touch somebody that's sensitive and wants to respond. Your worship, your praise, your hand clap, your hallelujah is preparing you. It isn't preparing God. It's preparing you so that when God comes by, you're like, whoo, I feel Him. I'm going to get in the flow of what He's doing. Your response is to... To prepare you not to prepare God because he's already here and there's already enough power of the Holy Ghost in this room right now that could do the miraculous he could heal and deliver he could save he could fix things in your life he could take every pain in your body it could be gone right now but you can't just say pray for me you've got to get in the flow of the anointing We've got to be sensitive to what God is wanting to do. To operate in the flow of the anointing, we must be sensitive to God. Everybody wants powerful services. But nobody wants to pray, nobody wants to be sensitive, and nobody wants to respond before it happens. Thus creates the problems of why we come and sit through Sunday morning and leave and nothing happens. It's not always the preacher needs to pray more. And it's not always the preacher needs to preach a better sermon. Sometimes it's that God is fighting for our attention between the middle of distractions, distractions on every side. We just need to get connected. My pastor for about three years, he used to say, he'd step to the pulpit, he'd say, come on church, let's be real sensitive right now. Let me tell you what that was code word for. You better stop your looking around and acting ignorant or I'm going to throw a songbook at you. He'd say, come on church, let's be real sensitive. Sometimes I didn't have a clue what we were being sensitive about or who it was. But he had been tapped into that whole service. He was watching that sinner. He saw the tears streaming. He said, now's the moment. Now's the opportunity. Now's is exactly it's going to happen right about now. But I really need the church engaging. I don't need somebody handing them a note or somebody being unsensitive or insensitive right now. We all need to be together in one mind, in one accord. And then we will see something happen sometimes I think it's our hesitation that gives space for the devil to be able to step in with his distractions and to respond to spiritual direction without hesitation requires faith you got to trust all right that's what we're going to do not because I'm feeling it but man this is just what we're going to do If you want God's best in a service, you've got to give God your best in a service. Choose you this day. Because all the things, your bad attitude is not going to give you the answer that you're looking for. Your refusal to respond is not going to give you the outcome that you really want. We've got to reach a point Of saying, if God wants to move, I am going to give him my best. 
I wonder what would happen right now. I've already preached enough and given you enough tips this morning, given you enough information this morning from the Word of God for there to be a Holy Ghost bomb dropped in this house. If you would begin to respond right now, there is no telling what God will do. I've got several pages. I've, got, I've preached three out of eight pages of notes. i got plenty more to say this morning. But if you would begin to respond right now, there is no telling what God would do in the house. Come on, for 30 seconds, why don't you give God your best praise you can muster. Push past your feelings. Push past your, your ideas. Push past everything. Come on, give Him your best right now. Come on, exalt the name of the Lord. I exalt thee. Come on, with everything you have within you. I exalt thee. Come on, let it come from deep down in your spirit. I exalt Come on, you've already received enough word this morning to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're here and never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost today, all you got to do is throw your hands in the air. He is in this room right now. Oh, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, I exalt Come on all over the room. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Lord. See, come on, choose him right now. Choose Him above everything else. Come on, exalt Him above everything else in your life. Exalt Him above your troubles. Exalt Him above your sickness. Exalt Him above your fears. Put Him high and on the throne. When you exalt Him this morning, heaven is going to reach down. Don't worry about anybody around you. It's just you and God. It's for those that are making a conscientious decision. Now's my moment. I'm engaging in what He wants to do in my life. Say with me now, I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. Oh, I hands to you I give you praise and glory for you are my king I exalt thee oh I exalt thee 
when you put Jesus high and lift it up then his glory is going to fill this place Don't you feel that presence of the Lord now? Don't you feel that presence of the Lord now? Come on, you can be in heavenly places with Him. Your need can be met. Your life can be changed. Your refreshing can come. I exalt Thee, Lord. I exalt thee. 